Welcome to your Daily Cup of Inspiration podcast with Deanna Hobbs, founder of Empowering Everyday Women Ministries, broadcasting live from our headquarters studios in Buffalo, New York. Visit us online at empoweringeverydaywomen.org. Today's inspiration, which marks the final day, day 14 of our unedited series, encourages you to move forward. There are some unfortunate, unfair, painful, and unpleasant things that have happened to you in the past that you can't change, you can't fix, and you can't edit out. But you can accept what happened and move forward with a grateful heart because had it not been for the Lord, there is no way you would have come this far. So instead of sulking, rejoice that your life is a testimony and God has been good. Welcome to this, your Monday, October 5th, 2020 edition of your Daily Cup of Inspiration podcast. It is Deanna Hobbs here bringing you the biggest smiles and the warmest greetings ever. It's hard to believe that we have already reached the final day of our unedited series, and I thank you for tuning in daily. If I could gather us all in a room together, I would, and I'd just give you a big old hug. You have supported this series beautifully and have been so open to receiving everything God has shared through his word. So thank you again for tuning in globally in record numbers through Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Player.fm, so many places, YouTube, YourDailyCupOfInspiration.com, and wherever podcasts are heard. What a blessing it has been to share and to receive your praise reports that you have shared as well. A precious member of our Daily Cup community named Ariane from Nebraska wrote into the ministry and said this, When I was a teen, I acted out and hung out with the wrong crowd. At 18, I was involved in a robbery scheme with two friends and one of my friends shot a woman. I didn't know they had a gun. All three of us were tried and convicted. I went through dark days in lockup, and when I was released, I was lost. I got connected to a small Christian ministry, and one day, while listening to a Christian online radio show, they played one of your devotions, and it was such a big blessing. So I found you online. I have been following your ministry and listening to your podcast and reading your devotions ever since. Thank you for all the resources and encouragements you offer and the unedited series, which has helped me release guilt and shame. You are a blessing. Oh, glory to God. I love this testimony, how God is setting you free from shame and guilt and blessing you through this ministry. Thank you for sharing, Ariane. Can we get a praise break right here? Powerful and inspiring testimonies like this remind us that God is transforming lives through this ministry. We are grateful for your support that keeps these broadcasts available online as a free resource to help others grow. If you are being blessed and you believe in our mission to share the gospel, sow a seed of any size at empoweringeverydaywomen.org slash donate. Thank you for your generosity. All right, let's begin day 14, the final day of our unedited series with a prayer. God, thank you for bringing us together today. I know there is a word you have to share with the person who pressed play. Please let your anointing be over this broadcast and use me in your service in Jesus name. Amen. 
Last August, I vividly remember the day my doctor walked into my hospital room after returning from vacation. The sun was shining so bright that day through the window, and it was like the storm had passed over and the sun was shining really bright. So I felt happy. I had survived the night before, full of panic attacks, and was finally able to get to sleep and wake up feeling a little more refreshed and calm. So Kenya and I were the only ones in the room, and we were just sitting and talking. The pace of things had finally slowed down a bit because I had been on 24-hour watch in the ICU. There had been so many doctors and nurses around all the time, poking and prodding me and running tests and putting things in my IV and tending to my needs. So after I was released from the ICU and God restored my ability to walk and talk and think and swallow and all that, my vital signs regulated and I was looking good. The doctors were astounded by my progress. It was a good moment. You know how it is when you come through something terrible and you feel yourself turning a corner. It's a relief, right? You may not be all the way out of the woods and still have some recovering left to do, but you feel a hundred times better than you did when you were going through the worst of it. Well, it was like that. Now, I was still physically weak and exhausted because you have to remember, I was still also recovering from the hysterectomy I had just had a week earlier to correct adenomyosis and fibroids. I've told you about that before. So when I was going through this, I still had fresh incisions in my belly with stitches. It was a lot, but I was so, so grateful to be alive and to be doing well and to be on the mend. So it was a day before I was discharged from the hospital that my doctor came to check in on me. He's been my doctor for the past 20 years. And I mentioned previously that he was on vacation while my medical crisis was unfolding and he was communicating with the medical team by phone and telling them what to do. When he came in, I was sitting up in bed. I think I had recently finished trying to eat a little because my appetite was still pretty poor. And he told me I needed to eat. He asked me how I was doing. Of course, asked Kenya how he was holding up and then made lighthearted small talk. A few minutes later, he shifted the conversation to more serious matters. He told me that some of the medications they were giving me should have never been administered at the same time. And he was super upset about that. He told me I would have never given you those drugs together. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to take you off of a few of the medications they currently have you on. I want you to stop taking them. And that included the anxiety and depression meds. And he also told me that, I mentioned this to you before as well, that the antibiotic bacterium was to blame, just as I suspected, for the mini stroke and all those seizures. And he really felt bad that I had to go through all that and nobody listened to me when I was trying to tell them I thought the antibiotic was the cause He then shared some other things with me and instructions and stuff like that. I just remember Daily Cut family, this sense of relief I felt when my doctor acknowledged and admitted that the medical team had dropped the ball because even though I did go through a period of self-blaming for not refusing to take the Bactrim again in the hospital when the doctors told me to take it, it did give me some semblance of closure to know that I was right about what caused the terrible decline in my health in the first place. I wonder, has anyone ever done you wrong and you just wanted them to acknowledge their mistake or their deliberate offense and say what they did? 
I think that in order for any relationship to be truly healthy, honestly, there has to be an admission of wrongdoing by the offending party. But you want to know something, though? Even after my doctor said it, it wasn't my fault. It was theirs and admitted everything I felt like I wanted and needed to hear and confess that it was all on them and not me. It didn't make the situation any less hard to deal with. It didn't fix any of the problems stemming from their mistake. It didn't somehow make life easier because I got that acknowledgement. Nothing at all changed, except I now knew that they knew that they were wrong and said so. That was it. But there was no way to go back and edit out the trauma and undo the damage that was done to my brain. My doctor still couldn't undo the trauma or recover the precious memories I lost of my children, my husband, my friends, my ministry colleagues, my life, my identity. The acknowledgement didn't worsen anything, but it didn't improve anything either. I just had to sit with that knowledge and figure out what to do with that information. How could I move forward after that? I think we all find ourselves at this place at some point in our life. You don't have to go through what I went through, but we all get done wrong at some point. You know, the offense of the other party in your life could be something small with minor implications, or it could be something big with major life implications like this time in my case. But whether what they did wrong was big or small, either way, one thing is true. You have to find a way to move forward, whether you receive acknowledgement or not, because there's no way to edit out the past or change it. Now, I had to pray. I mean, I really had to pray on it because I remember days when I would go from blaming myself to blaming the doctors to feeling sorry for myself. Like, why did this happen to me? And one day in a dream, God helped me by showing me a scenario of somebody being done wrong and suffering negative consequences for a mistake they did not cause and could not change. And you know what the person in my dream did? They looked on the bright side and were grateful that even though they were negatively affected by a situation they didn't cause, couldn't control, and couldn't change, they still had the ability to move forward and they were willing to do the best they could. This person in my dream had lost something because of the negligence of someone else who should have been helping them. But they, unlike me at the time, decided to be grateful and just do all they could with what they had left instead of mourning over and obsessing over what they lost due to the negative effects of somebody else's bad judgment and oversight. Now, you know, that was so on point for me. I woke up knowing exactly what God was saying. I couldn't edit my history. I couldn't change the past. I couldn't write somebody else's wrong, but I could move forward and be grateful that despite all that I've been through, God has still blessed me. I don't have everything I had, but I have a whole lot left to be thankful for through it all. You know how freeing and liberating that was for me? It helped me move on and stop pitying myself and constantly thinking about who was to blame for my current predicament. And when I woke up from that dream that day, God also took me to his word, just as he always does. He said, come on, girl, and marched me right to the scriptures, to the Old Testament story of Tamar, King David's daughter, and she was raped by her half-brother Amnon. And after this happened, Tamar's brother Absalom found out about it. Absalom never spoke to Amnon about raping Tamar, never said anything at all to him, 
but he hated Amnon deeply for violating and disgracing Tamar. Tamar lived with Absalom. So day in and day out, he had to see what this devastating sexual assault did to her. And Absalom held on to this hatred. And two years later, he got his revenge. He set Amnon up, invited him to a big old feast, got Amnon drunk, and then ordered his men to kill him. So Absalom's hatred festered for two whole years and drove him to kill his own brother. And when I read that story, and I gave you a very condensed summary of it today, in the context of the dream the Lord gave me, I understood what he was saying and why he was saying for me to move on and realize that I couldn't change any of it. And it wouldn't serve me to play the blame game and be angry. Because when you allow hurt to fester because of an injustice or an offense, and you hold on to that, if you never let it go, it ruins you. I've talked about Absalom before. His name means father of peace or peaceful. And his actions betrayed his name because in the Old Testament, names were very significant and also spoke to the nature or character of a person. And Absalom acted out of character because he didn't know how to move on from that offense. Because of his actions, Absalom became estranged from his father, David. And even though David loved Absalom, their relationship never recovered and Absalom was never the same. He tried to overthrow his father, David, and take his throne and was killed in the war he started. It was sad and unnecessary. Absalom is a tragic figure, and I think the greatest tragedy is that he let hatred consume him and turn him into something he didn't have to be. Because the thing is, killing Amnon didn't change Tamar's situation. It didn't edit out that rape or that trauma or that disgrace on her. Didn't change anything. It just further complicated the family dynamic. And all this drama we see unfolding in David's family ran deeper than just Amnon and Tamar and Absalom anyway. It all tied back to David's sin. Remember when he committed adultery with Bathsheba in 2 Samuel 11, got her pregnant, and then had Bathsheba's husband, who was a soldier in David's army, Uriah, set up and killed to cover up this adulterous affair that resulted in a pregnancy? Remember all that? And then the baby ended up dying. This whole thing was a mess. And in 2 Samuel 12, because of David's scandalous plot, God sent Nathan the prophet to chastise him. And David repented and all that. But God still told David through Nathan that he would be punished for that adultery and murder scandal. David didn't get away with that. God was going to cause chaos and rebellion and murder and adultery and evil and drama to rise up right in David's own household. David was going to reap exactly what he sowed and worse. And so we see the sad fruit of that prophecy playing out in David's life. But the amazing thing is, as flawed as David was and as ugly as the things that happened in his life were, God still chose him. God still promised that David's house and his kingdom would endure forever. His throne would be established forever, according to 2 Samuel 7 and 16. And we know that this prophetic promise was ultimately fulfilled in Jesus Christ, the son of David, whose kingdom never ends. The grace of God is amazing. But anyway, Absalom got angry and was full of hate and rage and tried to correct something that he could not correct. He tried to avenge something that he could not avenge. 
because all this evil was tied to what his daddy did. And it would have been best for Absalom just to leave it alone, but he couldn't do it. He couldn't let it go. Moving forward is hard. I get it. I mean, let's just be honest. It isn't easy to walk away and release stuff. You want to right wrongs. Somebody needs to pay, but it won't change it, will it? You know, I was thinking about what my husband Kenya told me that impacted me so deeply and it forever will. It's just another example of God's overwhelming, incredible goodness in my life. When I was in the ICU, my room was right in front of the front desk. And so while I was out and unconscious, Kenya could hear everything the doctors and nurses said and the staff that was sitting at the desk. And during my ICU stay, every patient on that floor died, every single one. And my poor husband, Kenya, had to listen to the staff, call the families and tell them that so-and-so didn't make it. He heard each of those calls one by one until nobody was left alive but me. I can only imagine how tormenting that was for him. I didn't hear it and thank God I didn't. Because death was prevalent during my stay and death claimed every soul on my floor but mine. I was the only patient left and that could have been me. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I should be gone because doctors didn't know how to help me. They were confused about what was triggering all this. And by the time they discovered it, had it not been for the Lord on my side, it would have been too late. So in light of this, no matter whose fault it was or who dropped the ball, should any of that even matter? I have too much to be grateful for because after all those seizures and that mini stroke and days and days of trauma to my brain, I still have my right mind. I can still talk to you. I still can walk. I can still serve God. I still can write. I don't remember everything, but I still know who I am in God. I still have a family who loves me and a God who is mindful of me and ministry partners and you right here with me. And I owe God everything. I have have so much to be grateful for and so do you. So instead of being angry over what happened to me, which won't edit out what happened in the first place, I choose to move forward and be thankful. Somebody listening, hear me. Maybe you have been wronged. You may or may not have received any acknowledgement or an apology. And even though you deserve that, whether you get it or not, instead of focusing on that, focus on how good God has been to you. Because despite the hurt, despite the pain, despite the injustice, despite the unfairness of it all, despite what they did or did not do, God kept you anyway. He held you when you cried. He has loved you through through this process. And today he is sending Deanna Hobbs to tell you, you can't edit out the past, but you can move forward and be thankful. Look at you. You made it. You survived it. And you have so much of life left to live. Instead of being upset and complaining, tell the Lord, God, I thank you for keeping my mind. Thank you for sparing my life. Thank you for showing me favor. Thank you for the ways you have made for me. No, life isn't perfect, but thank you because I could be so much worse off. If you had not been on my side, I don't know where I would be. So instead of blaming others, I'll thank you instead. Instead of feeling sorry for myself, I'll praise you instead rather than holding on 
on to past offenses. I'll imitate Jesus instead, my blameless, spotless Savior who hung on the cross and took the blame for the sins he didn't commit and suffered more greatly than I ever will just to redeem little old me back to the Father and save my life from destruction. See, when you start thinking like that, bitterness and sorrow have to take a back seat and give way to joy and thanksgiving because you start to see that the Lord has been on your side the whole time. And instead of asking why it happened, I want you to replace why with the question, where? Where would I be if not for your grace? Where would I go if you were not my refuge? Where could I turn if you were not my present help? Where else could I find peace in the midst of confusion, joy in the midst of sorrow? Hope when it seems all hope is gone, healing for every broken place and power to forgive, power to keep moving forward and power to transcend all the hurt, the pain, the struggles of my past to become a living testimony of your power to strengthen, heal and restore. Where else could I go but to the rock of my salvation? Move forward and lean on the rock. Paul said in Philippians 3 and 13 through 14 in the King James Version, which is what I'm stirring into your cup of inspiration. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. As you drink down the contents of your cup, refuse to be held as a prisoner in chains to your past, cuffed to the unfairness, hurts, mistakes, and issues. Look ahead instead and stay focused on Jesus, on your kingdom assignment, on your divine calling, on your destiny, on your bright future, on all God has in store for you, and meditate on what he's already done. If you've lost something, don't get stuck on what you lost. Look at what you've got left and move ahead in the strength of the Lord. And you may not know how this will all work together for your good, as Romans 8 and 28 says, but you know it will because the word of the Lord says so. Holding on to this specific promise will get you through your process as you look ahead toward brighter days, believing every step of the way, just as I do, that the best is yet to come. I believe God is loosing shackles off of your life through this. So be strong in the Lord and know that he's with you everywhere you go. It has truly been an honor to share with you. Let's end this series with a final prayer. God, I pray for this, my sister, this, my brother. I ask that you will anoint them and give them strength to overcome every injustice, hurt, and pain of their past and see that your hand is with them, guiding them every step of the way. We bind every hindrance and tear down every stronghold in their life by the authority of Christ. I thank you that their best days are ahead of them and they will walk in a new level of freedom as they move forward by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Your daily cup of inspiration has been brought to you by Empowering Everyday Women Ministries, where we fuel your faith every day. For more information, log on to yourdailycupofinspiration.com.